Contemporary music education is one of the most beautiful intersections of art and technology. For this episode, I was joined by Phil Rook, who is a talented musician, music educator, and clearly passionate about what he does in his day-to-day work. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the Lifelong Learning Podcast with Chris McGuire. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Lifelong Learning Podcast, a podcast not just for educators but for learners in general. Speaking of learners in general, today's guest is Phil Rook, who is a music teacher educator working for the Catholic Education Diocese of Parramatta. Phil, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks Chris. It's really good to be here and I love to talk about lifelong learning and things technological. Excellent. Then this is the show for you. Now, speaking of lifelong learning, you've been doing some, I guess, lifelong working. Uh, You showed me some photos just before we recorded. Um, Now, this is going to, I guess, chime in with people's preconceived idea of a music teacher repairing triangles. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, look, you know, uh, when we define technology, um, mm-hmm. I'm often working in schools where, look, I think um, something I'm, I'm going to really sort of um, throw back here to when I was uh, doing music education at Sydney Conservatorium years ago, we were one of the first classes ever to have a subject called computers in music education. And uh, believe it or not, we're working on the old Apple IIEs. I don't know if any of your audience remembers those, the old Apple oh, IIEs. I had an Apple IIE as a kid. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, that <laughs> uh, shows how, how much of a lifelong learner I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were the first ones at Sydney Conservatory to do computers and music education. Uh, and I've got to say, it, it, it wasn't all that inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a good introduction in terms of... Um, I actually found it extremely limiting that, um, you know, it was very, very, very basic MIDI um, sort of capabilities. Yep. Um, we didn't even have any keyboards. And let's, well, well, let's hold you up there now. For, for people listening, now I'm going to be the mediator between Phil um, talking about, I guess, some of the tools that he's used, tools from the trade, and then in, in also the, how those tools are used within the classroom. Could you give people a quick breakdown? What is okay. MIDI? Yeah, that's a really good question. Look, I'll, I'll keep this... Um, very, very simple. Uh, okay, we had the old Apple IIEs, the old very, very basic computers, and um, it was a new computer language invented around about back in the early 80s called, uh, the, the MIDI stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface, and for the first time ever, you could hook up a couple of synthesizers together and play on the keyboard over here, and the sound would come out on another keyboard over there. Mm-hmm. That sounds really, really basic to us, or you could hook up a keyboard into a computer mm-hmm. and basically record the sounds for or sequence the sounds on the keyboard. And from that, my whole point of, of telling that's actually good to go back to those very, very early basics um, because I, I couldn't really see an application of this technology um, in the classroom and in schools. It, it was so limited. But, um, you know, come along, was it 40 years, 30, 40 mm-hmm. years um, on from there... And I thought, wouldn't it be magic? I was actually thinking in the, in the lectures when we were doing all of this, wouldn't it be magic if you could multi-track record, much as we're doing right now absolutely, uh, on this uh, digital audio workstation right here in the interview? Uh, wouldn't it be magic if you could actually record 
um, the audio at high quality the hard drive and that's what I do in my studio at home and out in the schools so what's fantastic about that and what I do as a producer um, as well as an educator is um, when I'm composing uh, a track producing a track the technology now enables me to get up my violin and, and lay down you know 20 violin tracks and then 20 cello tracks and then hiring a flautist and all that sort of stuff um yeah, so anyway, we, we sort of went off a little bit of a tangent there, is, uh, but very, very important what the technology used to be able to do. And here's where repairing triangles comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, instead of all of those instruments that 30, 40 years ago we thought as musicians, composers, producers and educators were, would might become obsolete. Um, you know, recently I produced a short film um, for one of our... Um, students here at Gerrara last year, very privileged um, uh, sort of a, a thing to do, to work with um, this Indigenous art student and we produced this short film and we were able to use um, Ableton Live and um, and uh, Push, which is another device we'll get into later. Um, we were able to use that to produce some of the music for this short film mm-hmm. and what it does it enables, it enables students as music Creators and the higher level of te- technology enables us to go back and mic up a didgeridoo or clapping sticks. And uh, so, anyway, we've come, sort of come full cycle. Mm-hmm. So, the sounds are not just electronic. Um, we're able to um, explore a range of sound sources. Mm-hmm. And for people listening, um, when Phil mentioned something, uh, a digital audio workstation. Uh, in Ableton, for example, I guess the closest thing that we could um, think about would be GarageBand, for example, which is another example of a, a door. But Ableton is something that's a bit more of an industry. It's got a bit more depth to it, would you say, Phil? Yeah, a- Ableton Live's a software. Ableton is the company that produces that software. Uh, in my own studio at home, I, I use um, Cubase, uh, which is another digital mm-hmm. audio workstation. Um, and uh, so there's a, it doesn't really matter, you know, over the years we've, we've had very sort of, uh, those of us um, with an industry background, we would sort of have a bit of a debate which one's better. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I think it's irrelevant, that debate actually. Um, Garage Band is a really good basic one. I've heard students do incredible uh, production mm-hmm. just using Garage Band and their imagination. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. But... Uh, Overall, it's a really good statement to make. Um, we've outlined how the technology has come a long way, not just in the uh, recording film TV industries mm-hmm. and how that's uh, really changed things there. But the other thing um, in, in schools and education, um, it's uh, really... It's, uh, I, th- I think we're on the cusp, actually. This is my own view. I think we're on the cusp... Um, of monumental change in education with digital technology. We've had the technology for a while, but I think that the pedagogy and the way we apply it is starting to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we're also on that, that cusp very much in music education. I, I had a friend made a comment on my LinkedIn recently, and it, it sparked a whole debate. And I think it's an unnecessary debate that... Um, Music educators are generally a fairly conservative lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't mean that in, in all a negative way. 
because I think we should hold on to the best talking with the teacher this morning. She said, um, in a primary school setting, I really like classical music. And I said, well, yeah, I agree. I, I love it because, it's, you know, Bach, going back to Baroque music, it's where it started. Mm-hmm. And when you apply technology and um, we're still using the same harmonies that the Bach developed, mm-hmm. they may have evolved across genres. Um, technology is just another tool. And I think what this enables, here's the big thing my friend said on, on my LinkedIn, we're in the cusp of becoming creators, mm-hmm. not replicators. Very good. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's, let's paint a picture for people listening. So a lot of uh, parents, for example, would refer back to studying music in primary school or high school. So there's been a humongous um, technological advancements within that space. So you mentioned garage band. So in the 90s, you know, there was the, the I mean, the use of clapping sticks and triangles, which are still being used today. But you talk about creating now with an iPad and, and GarageBand, for example, not only is that student musician, music producer, they also take on the role as engineer within this. So we talk about um, trying to have authentic a- applications for creating music. Now they can host their music on a website. <laughs> they can host music on a website and something I haven't explored myself. Uh, I mentioned to you just before um, this all, before we started the interview, that uh, I did some... Um, further study back when I was teaching a girls' school up in Queensland uh, some years ago, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, I chose to... I was looking for what can I do in postgraduate uh, in music technology, and I ended up doing a film TV music course at Griffith University uh, and um, <coughs> absolutely loved it. And from that, um, remained in teaching, but um, uh, nothing really famous or anything like that, but just good to be um, creating something... Mm-hmm. at an industry level and uh, composed some music for uh, a few television documentaries. Mm-hmm. That's a really good experience to then be able to take into the classroom. Uh, but where students are going now is um, composing music for all sorts of media that we haven't even imagined yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't even touched it yet. I can't imagine it, but I know um, when I went over to Singapore uh, with brother Patrick Howlett and a few other people from the CEO... Oh, back in 2010, we were looking at the um, technology in arts faculty at the uh, Republic uh, Polytechnic mm-hmm. in uh, Singapore and specifically involved with um, problem-based learning and mm-hmm. bringing that whole model and a whole music technology um, back to Parramatta Marist and uh, further across the diocese, some of the ideas we saw there and one of the degrees, and it's offered uh, in quite a few universities now, is you can actually do your degree in composing or have actually even writing um, for uh, coding for uh, computer games mm-hmm. and specifically composing music for computer games. Yeah, that's great. Even, th- I mean, poker machines as well. I mean, the thought that goes into the music for a poker machine the, the use of major scales within poker machines versus uh, the loss and the effects that it can have on someone's psychology. Like, oh, wow. I, I hadn't heard that one. Uh, uh, but, but, uh, but again, but it's, it's writing, composing for different mediums and, mm. you know, the effects of music can have on, on people. Well, I think that's a really interesting point you make, Chris, because, um, yeah, there, there's a whole psychology. And I know when um, I studied a few subjects uh, at Griffith University, uh, we actually had... Um, 
audio production mm-hmm. and so you know I know this microphone in front of me is a broadband mm-hmm. condenser microphone and I know uh, you know what to plug in where in, in a studio and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so from that um, but yeah we also did a very interesting uh, thing film score analysis and uh, we, we sort of heading off the technology trail a bit here but that's okay it's how we apply it mm-hmm. it's how we take that tool and we use it and um, the psychology of that um, we did a f- something called film score analysis mm-hmm. so when you're looking at a TV show I, I kind of I chose to study um, the TV well known well not you just didn't write music for TV but Howard Goodall is one of my favourite uh, composers out of the UK has he done something that we may have oh uh, yeah just about every piece of TV music that's come out of the UK Vicar of Dibley oh uh, um, really one of my favourites uh, Red Dwarf um, Mr Bean yeah. Okay. So you could talk about. So the, the the listeners will probably know some of those TV shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's an incredible composer. So he's. I mean, writing for comedy, uh, writing music for comedy is particularly difficult. Uh, another very challenging. Is it one. just Benny Hill? Just speed it up. Oh you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'll tr- I'll remember that that trick. All right. Um, but um, uh, that's why I actually found it easy to compose for things like TV documentaries because. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got the well. That's what we're learning to do as composers. We're learning to compose to image. Mm-hmm. There's an image, okay. Uh, what emotion does that evoke? So, if you take the opening scene of Mr. Bean, we're heading off in a slightly different thing. No, no, this is perfect. Keep okay, right. Uh, well, if you take the opening scene of Mr. Bean, and there's this um, uh, beam of light shoots yes, down, shines yes. it, and then Mr. Bean, Bean sort of drops down from the sky. Yeah. And what's what's the opening sort of thing? And it's it's like this. Um, it, it's ironic. It's, he's um, it's a brilliant uh, piece of writing for TV. Yeah. Brilliant piece of uh, composing. It's it's like he's God's gift from heaven, right? <laughs> um, and then when you when you look at the psychology of, of music and how it's composed for these sorts of things. There's all sorts of um, musical devices. I mean, I'm sort of giving an, uh, an HSC um, uh, little bit of a lesson here mm-hmm. because uh, uh, is it okay if I name the school that I was working in last year or we're working on Year 12 mm-hmm. um, film yeah. compositions? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Um, St Andrews College over at Marion with um, Antonio Chiapetta. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he, he knows my background uh, in um, writing for, for TV and uh, composing image. And so the music one topic, yeah, their first year twelve, uh, and um, oh, these students, um, they they just blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just uh, the quality of what they wrote, but the um, incredible uh, efforts that the students put into that. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back around that loop where I saw so many students in that class who at various levels of, of learning and uh, aptitude, let's call it, mm-hmm. um, is, um, it, it really enabled them. Mm-hmm. And one boy who, who actually um, pretty much topped the class uh, with his project, uh, very bleary-eyed, admitted on the day that he handed his... Uh, <laughs> his um, the, I actually brought my PA system in with a 500-watt PA system so we could hook it up to the, mm-hmm. the, the smart board, just couldn't cut it. Yeah, um, I, know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. For the dynamic yeah. range that these, these kids produced. Mm-hmm. And this boy was very bleary-eyed and, and admitted that he'd been up till 3 o'clock that morning 
um, layering up more and more tracks and tweaking the mix and so forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I was very impressed with all of the students, bar none. I was very mm-hmm. impressed with all the students. I was very impressed with the motivation. And that's another thing that I'm really interested in is technology as a motivator, mm-hmm. um, pushing those buttons. Of course, you can't just rely on the technology. Um, frankly, it, it takes a good classroom teacher as well to push those buttons of intrinsic um, motivation. I'm embarrassing the teacher here a little bit, but he's mm-hmm. very good at that, Antonio, because he also has a, a very strong industry background. And, um, yeah, it was just... Uh, I'm giving a plug here for mm-hmm. one of my colleagues, but um, that that's OK. Um, I was just amazed at what the, these kids were able to visualise and then produce... Um, I'm just trying to remember the film that we used as the stimulus. But... If you could send some links, I can uh, share it uh, via the socials um, for the Lifelong Learning Podcast because that'd be great to have a okay, listen to well, it if that's okay with the with the correct permissions. I'll, um, I'll share. I'll, I'll I'll check that with the teacher uh, if we if we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but um, I just thought it suddenly occurred to me. Um, there is a great example of these students were exploring the limits. Um, some were using Ableton Live because we uh, put Ableton Live and push devices into there. Um, some of them were using Logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's um, another type of um, software. Mm-hmm. It's at a more professional level. Which is the, the uh, Apple It's uh, the Apple. It's the, exte- it's the more professional level of GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And some were just using GarageBand, even what, with the ones using GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive um, what they managed to do. I like what you're touching on there, Phil, about this student who it's clicked and you can create great results when you have that motivation. What makes someone stay up till three o'clock in the morning mixing? It's, it's passion. That's that's what it is. And, and what a great opportunity that these tools with the teacher you've mentioned has really laid a platform for that student because I, I was that student Phil and I'm sure you were as well mm. where there's something about the creative process that captured us there's something about um, when you you when you I, I try and I'm going to try and explain this but you know that creative zone you'd get it where you're composing where you kind of all, almost know what's coming next you know you've got the idea and you're just kind of in a state where you're creating something and does that make sense what i'm saying my my wife knows that state all too well (laughs) when uh uh, my studio is uh downstairs i just Mm -hmm. uh completed building it um oh about um about 18 months ago and that's where my you know my big mixing desk and all sort of thing Mm -hmm. and there's of course there's an intercom to the upstairs (laughs) yep and uh when i'm supposed to be somewhere else or uh coming to the dinner table or Mm -hmm. We're going out or something like that, and I'm in that zone. Of course, the intercom buzzes, <laughs> and yep. I've got to pull myself away. <laughs> yes, know? that's right. And it's an unset kind of tacit element to great teaching where you can follow a curriculum, you, know, you can follow a syllabus, you can have the tools, but there's that X factor that a teacher with passion can bring into the classroom that can really not only upskill and provide an experience for students, but really change someone's life. Yeah, that it is life-changing. And uh, uh, I know this particular teacher I mentioned earlier has um, quite a few students that have gone on um, into various areas of 
music production. Um, I, I have a few students uh, that way myself that are um, in orchestras or teaching themselves or um, involved in, in music production, and, and I think that's the greatest thrill um, to see that sort of carrying on. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I kind of look at um, how these uh, these kids coming out of school now have got their heads around the technology probably a lot better than I did um, coming out of school, mm-hmm. and, and just try to imagine what they're going to achieve in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the world is... Um, and, and you know, the, we're getting into a very uh, different different sort of field here. If we start with um, AI and all that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, Bob Kurtzwell, who originally founded Kurtzwell Musical Instruments, and he's one of the sort of the futurists. And I was reading a um, scientific uh, was it science science uh, uh, what's one of the science magazines anyway one of those one of those journals. Yep. Um, and the rate of change in technology as you would be aware is exponential oh big time absolutely yeah it's in a state of flux isn't it so i think that's where the pedagogy has to catch up and the big challenge for us as educators and technologists is not only we do we have to be in touch with the changes in technology um we have to be the other thing too is that the personal factor you you can't be a good teacher if you aren't personally in touch with your students, who mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. and what their learning needs might be, yep. okay? That's nothing I mentioned before the interview started. It's about being able to get into their shoes, walk a mile, see the world through their eyes, mm-hmm. uh, before you can apply the technology. So all those things, we, we can't forget with the technology that personal factor. And I've seen a lot of teachers and leadership in the diocese who are very good at that. Um, and then you put the technology in their hands and you say, well, connect it with the real world. Mm-hmm. If And that's where I think that what uh, project-based learning and problem-based learning, I get very excited about um, that that paradigm yeah. of learning is uh, here, here's a problem, a real-world problem, and we're going to work together to solve that. Because uh, we know that employment, particularly employment in, in creative arts and um, multimedia and media production, is going to be very much about solving problems and solving problems together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Those uh, 21st century skills really do work in 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 line with you know that that uh, the music uh, curriculum I guess but again yeah as you're saying with that PBL it's got that authentic application and and even the process of a feedback loop for a teacher or students going through uh, you know creating a composition and then seeking the feedback and and understanding that this is not the because something in a creative field it's it, it can be difficult to receive feedback you know this is uh this composition that i've put together i've, I've stayed up till three o'clock sir <laughs> three in the morning and and you think there's a next step of course there's a next step because that is the process and and it is it's great to learn the skills but it's also it's, it's great to learn the skills of music creation but that that needs to coincide with the skills of a learner which is being able to reflect on on that work seek feedback communicate collaborate with peers um that was some really good points phil i want you to share what's kind of happening in that 
primary school space. You mentioned that uh, you've provided a school with a uh, pretty impressive mixing desk. Okay, well, uh, we mentioned Ableton before, and um, what happened is uh, an ex-student of mine, actually from a, the, a girls' school in Queensland, um, was working in educational publishing and then as an education consultant. She's actually quite high up in the German Ministry of Education. But mm-hmm. When she was acting as an independent consultant, suddenly uh, one day she lives in Berlin. Or actually, she just bought a house in Norway. Um, but she still telecommutes and commutes to Berlin. Mm-hmm. And um, messaged me one weekend about uh, 18 months ago. And, um, oh, I'm in uh, the Blue Mountains and uh, been breakfast for the weekend from Berlin, uh, as you do. And uh, can I drop in? So knocked on the door the next day. And she said, oh, now, I, I know, Able, as soon as I said Ableton Live, you, you know uh, that that's a professional level um, mm-hmm. software uh, digital audio workstation, and they also make a device called the Push, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I can best describe the listeners, sort of, I mentioned MIDI earlier. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very advanced MIDI controller that controls the software. So together, the whole package, I best describe it as a sort of a music computer. So she'd been... Um, uh, engaged by Ableton, who's also uh, based in Berlin, uh, that they had all these uh, this product, the the Push One superseded models coming back in as trade-ins, and they did an amazing thing. This is a really amazing story. By you now, they're a very big, successful music technology company, but unlike Apple, uh, they never really kind of ventured into the education field. Mm-hmm. It, if you're a DJ or producer anywhere in the world, you would know about them. Yeah. Um, but educators, not so much. And um, they wanted to give away um, copies of the Ableton Live software along with um, uh, the uh, traded-in push devices, and they're worth a fair bit of money. I won't mm-hmm. say how much here. And um, we were um, Holy Cross at, um, at Glenwood, and um, St Andrews College at uh, Marion um, were two of the first schools in the world to receive this. Um, and so, yeah, I had an old 24-channel mixer out of, uh, out of my studio and, and I donated that to um, Holy Cross um, and we put that in there uh, is our Ableton studio where there mm-hmm. are 10 workstations and um, the teacher there, Chris Komarowski, and um, the uh, principal there, Marina Hardy, uh, and, and the leadership uh, generally, they're a um, great bunch of people. I knew that they would, and, and uh, also the Antonio over at, um, over at uh, Marion, could uh, really sort of move this forward. But Ableton hadn't envisaged it in a primary school setting. Mm-hmm. So we were one of the first primary schools. And from that... We developed um, projects, which we can also share some of the uh, output. Yeah, so from one of the projects you shared with me earlier, um, students who were using their iPads to recreate a song live? Uh, Not the iPads. They were were using the push device. Oh, sorry. Not the iPads. The the push device. Yes. And again, to break it down for people, so when Phil's talking about MIDI, that means you're able to press a button that can reproduce most sounds string drums all any kind of orchestral instrument that's right so to to describe that performance which was a grandparents day um there are about six kids i think uh who were on push their push devices mm-hmm. 
and that's behind a laptop because it doesn't make any sound unless it's connected to the software. That's right, yes. And I was taking the output of each of those um, each of those uh, workstations and uh, mixing them on my Soundcraft UI12. That doesn't mean much, but it's a, it's a digital uh, mixer mm-hmm. and putting that into the school PA system. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of girls there with microphones uh, doing the vocals over the top. That's right, yes. So, yeah, it was a very impressive performance. And people would look at that and the quality of the music coming out was such that I, I had comments, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's a really good backing track. Uh, no, that's not a backing track. That's these kids. Each one of them is playing a musical component, the drum kit, the bass line, the piano, what we call the pad part, which is like a string synth. Each one of those kids is playing that musical component. All of them have to understand those musical components. Mm-hmm. Another project that the whole of Year 6 uh, did in, in their groups was to write the music for a radio ad. And the other thing I'm doing in primary schools, and I'll, I'll touch on the um, the iBook that we published with St. Canis's, is a um, last year, uh, and if your readers, uh, I'll give a plug to this iBook because it's a free iBook. Uh, this is like the steak knives, okay? Um, <laughs> if, if you Now, if you've got an iPad, um, then um, this is free on the iBook store. And the, the iBook that the children uh, wrote and published at St. Canis's is Across the Ocean, A Whale's Story. And uh, it's interactive. So they do a fantastic thing with, with creative arts there at St. Canis's. They have a thing every year called uh, uh, Sculptures at School. Mm-hmm. But for the first time last year, they also displayed their sculpture with professional artists mm-hmm. at the uh, Scenic World uh, Art Exhibition, which is quite incredible. And I said to the principal, Mark Gielix, okay, this is really impressive because they do their literacy when they write the story about the artwork and they display that. Mm -hmm. So I said, why don't we compose the music that goes with the story that goes with the artwork? Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up, I I won't, uh, if if you download the iBook, then... What's the iBook called again? It's um, Across the Ocean, A Whale's Story. Excellent. Okay. Um, and it's published by St. Canis's Primary School. Um, and so anyway, um, the media is embedded in that iBook. So when you open the page and you see, say, a piece of Year 2 artwork showing the, mm-hmm. the mother whale and the baby whale, for example, and it plays the motif for that. All the music you hear, mm-hmm. and I did do a little bit of the, the mixing. And uh, and the motif is like the uh, familiar mel- melody that will uh, exist throughout. It's out. like a 10-second sort of a musical extract mm-hmm. that particularly relates to that scene and that section of the story. Yep. Okay. But yeah, you're on the right track there. It can be a very recognisable melody. This is more like a soundscape. Yeah. Um, so, for example, we using the technology again, the, the music teacher there, Christina Fraser, did a brilliant job. Uh, all of the sound sources of the kids... Mm-hmm. Not one professional musician or, or teacher played an instrument. Okay, we, we did do a bit of tweaking of, of the mix, mm-hmm. and I used um, basically just garage band for some of the sound effects. Some, where yep. So uh, uh, Christina's uh, a professional vocalist herself, so she pulled some amazing sounds from the kids. So the mm-hmm. year one choir are going, hmm, and we add a little bit of digital delay and uh, a bit yeah. of echo and we pitch shifted down a couple of octaves and you get the, <laughs> and there's the mother whale 
that's um, awesome. So when you hear that, that's well, anyway. You got to get the iBook and mm-hmm. and uh, read the story and and hear the music. Listen out know? for that whale. Yeah, listen out for that whale. And speaking of that as well, well, that's where I think uh, we're heading in a lot of the primary schools where I'm working is we're using music making, digital storytelling, and this is another thing I think we're going to see in the future technology in music education at least a lot more creating not just replicating a lot more uh, enable students to create but i think we're also across education we're going to see a lot more integration because uh the lines become blurred between what's a music project what's an art project what's Mm -hmm. a literacy project especially within that um, project-based realm because it isn't just one subject it is uh Integra- and integration of subjects and uh, and that example you just mentioned there Phil how um, kids had a purpose we're creating music for an, an iBook about you know it's going to support our art learning but those skills that the students have developed can then be transferable into that documentary that they're making to summarize their learning about you know microbes or whatever it may be well know? actually funny you should say that because I I um uh, conduct a, an ensemble at St Kenneth's on Fridays and, and uh, the principal said um, oh I've got an idea Phil and I said well that's good Mark I've got an idea as well uh, so I won't give too much away because mm-hmm. uh, Mark Eeligs is the principal there and um, it's a very uh, creative and uh, vibrant community to be working in and um, Anyway, I won't, I won't mention the theme, I won't give too much away, but we'll be publishing another iBook this year on the theme, which is not a whale, it's a, another more localised, mm-hmm. um, based on Aboriginal legend, and we're working with some of the local elders, uh, getting input there as well. And um, we'll also be, uh, hopefully, after the iBook, we'll be looking at a, uh, producing a short film. Oh, excellent. Theme as well, where, as you say, we'll be integrating all of those those skills mm-hmm. um, literacy for the script writing and the artwork all those things I hope I haven't given too much away there but uh, there's some very exciting things going to be coming out of the top of the mountains this year again excellent now before we finish I'd be remiss of me to not ask you you know for music teachers out there working in either the primary or secondary space what are some advice you got for teachers taking on these new technologies that's a, that's a really good question and i know a lot of the educators out there and look there's some really fantastic um enthusiastic hard-working teachers out there so um what i want to say is if if you feel you're behind the eight ball with technology do not be discouraged uh, because i i see that sometimes and and the people that feel that way are often very skillful um musicians and teachers mm-hmm. um and everything we've been talking about today about technology just being that tool um, get a school laptop if you want to take garage band home and play with it that's what I tell students to do because sometimes students are daunted by the technology just, just play with it play with it on an iPad and don't be daunted by some people who look you, you can always look at someone else I say this to students when they're discouraged when they look over here and someone else is doing all these amazing fantastic things and then they feel a little bit sort of oh you know, I don't know if I could do that and some teachers feel that way sometimes as well there's all sorts of free online resources if you have a look around mm-hmm. um, I, I know one lady who, who runs a consultancy out of Melbourne and she helps a lot of people 
Uh, do you mind if I just mention her name? Absolutely, okay. Go uh, Katie Wardrobe, um, Midnight Music, um, and uh, was a teacher, and she she runs this consultancy now. Uh, and of course, she charges for it, but she gives away a lot of free stuff too on her website um, and advice. So access resources like that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too to remember is that it doesn't mean uh, the, the the progress of technology and how we use it as a tool. If, if anything, I've, I've always said this, if you're a, a violinist or a pianist or a, you know, you're a very traditional musician, going right back to the very start of this interview when we had those old Apple IIEs at Sydney Conservatorium years ago, um, because we've got such capable digital audio workstations and we can basically... Uh, you know, dissect and uh, lay up a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mozart symphony or, or whatever. Um, the a lot of those traditional knowledge and skills are more relevant than ever. Mm-hmm. So you know, some people think that oh, you know, um, I majored in you know, baroque nose flute or something. I'm no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to imagine someone playing the Baroque nose foot as well. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, that's a, a little bit, a uh, little bit ridiculous. But um, the point I'm making is though that if, if if you're kind of a bit of a specialist and you've say say you've you've, you've um, specialised in Baroque music, just say Baroque mm-hmm. music or chamber music or whatever. Um, again, technology is an enabler, and that skill set is still relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I, I want to say. Whatever, and that's what you want to say to your students. Okay, look, I can do this with music. I can still sit down at the piano and play Mozart Sonata. And if anything, that is just as relevant with the technology um, as as before mm-hmm. and, and becoming all the more relevant. So don't be discouraged. Uh, say the same thing to those teachers I'd say to, to students. Every skill... Uh, and every bit of knowledge you acquire is valuable. Mm-hmm. Phil Rook, there's some nice takeaways there. So your skills are always valuable, regardless of the, where you've, they've come from. They can be applied within the technological realm, but never underestimate the power of play as well. Yeah, just just experiment, because we want our students to explore and experiment, mm-hmm. and I've seen some beautiful things happening in the classroom with that. And uh, the eyes lighting up when they realise what's what's possible. And uh, I've had the pleasure of working with some teachers too, who who suddenly realise that, uh, hey, uh, with my knowledge I've got of Garage Band, whatever, now I can develop a lesson plan, mm-hmm. um, layering up these musical elements. Mm-hmm. And so the the I've, I've said that to those teachers I'm working with, yeah. Use those skills that you've got. Mm-hmm. Marry it to the technology, even if it's technology at the basic level. That's that's fine. Work with what you've got. Work with what you've got. Phil Rook, thank you so much for coming in for this episode. We appre- I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know who we is, but I do. <laughs> okay, thanks, Chris. <laughs>